Thank you, Jeff. So glad you're feeling better. And over the COVID, it's good. Man, and Miss Lori, you're, you're well. Amen. We're glad you're, you're better. Patrick, praying for you and uh, Beatrice. Um, she's, is she still in ICU? She is. Man. Uh, his sweet wife sits here on the front row every Sunday and loves to praise God and loves to worship demonstratively, and I love it. She had a stroke uh, Friday night, and so we're praying for you. Beatrice, if you're watching there from the hospital, just know we love you. We're praying for you, that God would touch you. In fact, we're going to do that right now. We're going to pray for you, okay? And I want you all to just join me. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes? Isn't our health a precious gift, church? fact that you're here today and all extremities are working, you have your mental faculties, you have a car or a bus transportation that got you here. So many of us ate breakfast this morning. Isn't that a blessing? All the little things we take so for granted. Can we just enter into a time of prayer right now and just invite uh, the Lord's power to save and power to heal uh, to those that we're very burdened for right now, we're praying for them. I know many are watching us from different parts of the country and maybe even parts of the world. And I know I'm praying specifically for a couple of folks um, uh, in Virginia and another one in Alabama who is uh, suffering from cancer. We're praying for you. Praying for Miss Beatrice, Lord, that you'd touch her right now there at uh, Baylor Scott and White and just touch her body, bring healing to her, God, encouragement to Beatrice. <laughs> Lord, may she, may this prayer, even now, God, may it encourage her heart to know that there are many, many people praying for her. Bless Patrick, Lord, encourage him, hold him up. Thank you for the fairs, that they're doing much better and they're here with us today. Pray for many people who, and God, their health is just compromised through this COVID-19. We're asking you, God, to bring healing to them, supernaturally touch their bodies, restore them back to full health, God, we pray. And Lord, we're praying now for... These next few moments, such a sacred time as we observe the Lord's Supper, as we commemorate, celebrate the greatest act of love ever demonstrated uh, to us, and that is the blood of Christ shed for our sins. And Lord, we just bask in that glory. We worship you, Lord, for your uh, atonement, atoning death for us. And Father, we pray today that many would be brought, daughters and sons, into heaven we pray that many right here, right now, God, would genuinely repent of sins and be born again by the Holy Spirit. We're praying for people online, Lord, right now. May Holy Spirit of God, you'd speak to them and draw them to that place of repentance and faith. And Lord, they would, they would say yes. Say yes to Jesus Christ today and be born again by the Holy Spirit to be saved, regenerated and justified and all those other wonderful things, Lord, we read about in your Bible. But most of all, Lord, I think today is just to be called your son, to be called your daughter, to be brought into the family of God. Lord, bless our time together. Bless the testimony we're about to hear in a few minutes. Pray they bring all this glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. We do welcome you. So glad you're here. My name's Danny. For she, the pastor here at Great Hills, and I'm inviting you to join with us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is our text today. 
out with the old and in with the new. We're going to talk for just a few minutes about what that means, this passage of Scripture. We're going to walk away from Acts for just a moment. And then next week on February the 14th is Valentine's Day. What a great day it's going to be. On Sunday, we get to come together and worship the Lord on Valentine's Day. And so uh, today, though, we're going to look at just, uh, just briefly at this passage of Scripture. This is a text God's really been speaking to me and encouraging me. And I wanted to share some thoughts with you that the Lord has put on my heart. And then you're in for a real treat. We're going to watch a video testimony. And then we'll come back and observe the Lord's Supper and I'm really praying. I have been praying, and I just feel in my heart today that God is going to bring salvation to many people. And I'm just claiming that. I'm believing that as people hear the gospel, and they're brought to a place of repentance and faith, and then they put their trust in God and for salvation. And I'm just, Lord, I'm just believing that, that there are going to be people here today, and many of you who are watching us online. Well, let's read this passage of Scripture. I love it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, I love that word, anyone. Aren't you glad about that? If anybody, doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, doesn't matter your male or female, doesn't matter what uh, ethnic group you're from, if anybody, anyone is positioned in Christ, he, she, they, we are a new creation. I love that. A new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, very few things have become new. Is that what your Bible says? And mine doesn't either. All things have passed away, and all things, that's pretty inclusive, all-encompassing, everything about us has become new. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus. I love this passage of Scripture, and I love it as I'm preparing my heart, and I hope you're preparing your heart as we come today. You say, well, how can that be? How can anybody become a follower of God through Christ and be cleansed and be washed and to have forgiveness and be rightly restored to, to their Creator God? How does that happen? Please tell me. Well, it's pointed out in this little cup that I'm holding in my hand, and this red Substance. Many people use wine, and different churches and denominations use that. Uh, we Baptists, we use this grape juice, and it's the same thing because it still points to the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, this is the divine agency. This is the power whereby you and I come to God in brokenness, in our sin, in our hang-ups, in our habits, and all the the stuff that we bring to God and God looks at us and, and He extends mercy. A little bit of mercy, mm, a whole lot of grace. I keep thinking about that song Zach Williams sings, more like Jesus and less like me. A little bit of mercy, whole lot of mercy, whole lot of grace, and God lavishes it upon us. We can't earn it. We can't do anything to, to gather. All we can do is say, God, I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And God says, watch what I do. That's what I specialize in. And God rescues us. God saves us. God casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. He puts them in the bottom of the sea. He remembers them no more. And that's what we celebrate. We celebrate that today. We celebrate it especially as we eat this bread and drink this juice and say, praise God, if anybody's in Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone. Every sin 
you've ever committed, God forgives it. Wow, isn't that amazing? He doesn't hold it against us. Now, we people, we human beings, we're good at that. We, we don't forget real easily, and we hold sins against people, and we dangle it over them and, and bribe them and threaten them. But aren't you glad that God, the sovereign God, the judge of the universe, does not do that? In fact, he says, you become a new person. All the old junk and stuff is passed away, and everything has become new. I got to thinking about this analogy um, what does it mean to be in Christ, to be new? And I kept thinking about being born. I know it happened. I just don't remember when it happened because I was, well, it was about 56 years ago. But I do remember when I was reborn, right? Uh, when I was born the second time. That's better. I like having this thing up here instead of behind my collar. So what, is, what does that mean? You know, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus, you have to be born twice. And Nicodemus, the erudite, scholarly Pharisee, he challenged Jesus. He says, I don't understand what you're talking about. It is impossible for me, or how can I as an old man go back into my mother's womb and come out a second time? <laughs> the Bible doesn't record this, but I wonder if Jesus just kind of smiled at him, maybe chuckled at him and said, no, 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 that, that's not what I'm talking about at all. But I am talking about where there is a time when you are unborn physically, you know, people tell me a lot of time as a pastor, they say, Pastor, I'm good. I've always been a Christian. And I respond to them, that's impossible. Because just as there was a time you were not born, right, in gestation, in your mother's womb, you know, you got the umbilical cord, you've got the placenta, y'all with me? This is your pre-days. You are in your mama, right? And you're there, and then there comes a time when you're birthed. And you are born, there's no more umbilical cord, there's no more placenta, there's no more darkness in the womb of a tomb, right? You're in, you're in there, you are alive, but you are encased, encompassed, and then you come out and you're like, Wah! you know, you're in the world, you're crying, you've been born, everything is new. Y'all ever smelled a baby? Come on, can I get a witness? You say, you mean after they've done their dirty diaper? No, that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about a fresh baby born. Y'all looking at me like, what do they smell like? It's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, you smell that. I wish we could capitalize that and make it a perfume or a cologne. I mean, that smell that only God could create, I think we're getting at what it means to be out with the old and in with the new, fresh, alive, the whole world ahead of us. Jesus said, that's what I'm talking about. Nicodemus, you have to be born a second time. You ever heard this statement? If you're born once, you'll die twice. But if you're born twice, you'll die one time. Can I talk to you about what that means? If you're born one time physically and never reborn a second time spiritually, you will die physically and you will die spiritually, meaning you'll spend eternity separated from God if you only get one birth. But if you get two births, born the first time from your mama, born the second time by the Spirit, and I think that's what Jesus was saying in Nicodemus when he said, look, you got to be born of water and you got to be born of blood. You got to be born naturally from your mom and y'all know the water breaks, the baby's born, and then you got to be born from above by the Holy Spirit. And when you have those two births, you only die once. Isn't that good? 
I don't know where I heard that, but I'm just stolen. I mean, I'm just borrowing it this morning just to share it with y'all. Has everybody been born twice? You have? Praise God, one. Me too. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. You say, well, how do I really know if I've been born twice? Oh, you'll know. <laughs> In fact, you'll, you'll be an expert on it. Everybody's story is different, isn't it? Everybody's raised a little bit different or a lot different. Everybody's journey to the cross. Some are very circuitous. Some take a direct line. Some here today and some of you listening online. I know this. I know it for a fact. Many of you came to faith in Christ at a very young age. I'm curious. Would y'all raise your hands online? Would you raise your hand if you were come to faith in Christ at an early age? Oh, I see your hand. That's wonderful. Did you know that the camera on your computer, I get to see it? You didn't know that, did you? I'm just kidding with you. How about y'all here today? How many of y'all were saved at an early age? You'd just say, yes, I came to faith in Christ. Wow, that beautiful. That's awesome. Y'all heard the statistic. I heard it again. Josh McDowell said, if you don't come to faith in Christ by the age of 12, there's only a 4% chance that you ever will. Y'all think about that for just a minute. If you don't come to faith in Christ by the age of 12, statistics are there's only a 4% chance that you will be born again. Now, I want to protest on that for just a minute. I want to push back on it just a minute and say God can do anything, right? <laughs> he can save anybody, anytime. But isn't it true, too, though, that the older we get, the more calcified and entrenched in our spiritual arteries, you know, become a little bit harder and, and we become a little more proud and we become a little more convinced that our way is the right way and, and we get further and further away from that innocence of youth. Jesus said, look, you got to be like a child. You don't have to be a child, but you have to be like a child to be born again. Children, by and large, are trusting. They, uh, they're very much agreeable with authority. You ask them to do it. Well, most of them will. Amen. <laughs> We got some hard-headed ones, amen. We got some we got to work with a little bit more. But by and large, they'll say, well, yes, 4%. And what does that mean? That means a good 96% chance that people don't come to faith in Christ at the age of 12 never will. Wow. What does that say to us about preschool ministry and children's ministry and student ministry? And I was 19. I guess I was an anomaly. I was an outlier to be so old, Right? And come to faith in Christ. So glad that God pursued me. God would not leave me alone. And God just rescued me. The hounds of heaven, you know, C.H. Spurgeon were nipping at me and they caught me. You know, I'm so glad. And what's so amazing to me is just like, you know, when I was born from my mama and came out into this world, I mean, you know, my mom and God, they did all the heavy lifting. Are you with me? I did very little except poke my head out and come on into the world, you know. And that's the way it is with salvation. Think about this with me for just a moment. If any man is in Christ, he's an, he, he, the old has passed and, and the new has come. Behold, all things are new in him. And when I came to faith in Christ, I did. In fact, what I did was a gift from God to do in the first place. Can I explain that to you? God was pursuing me. He was convicting me and drawing me to himself. And, and he brought me to this place of faith and repentance. And I just said, okay, yes. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart. God raised him from the dead. And shazam, I was saved in a moment. I was reborn. Just like I was born physically, I was 
reborn or born spiritually, I got two births, so now I'm only going to die one time, okay? Let me give you another story. This is a great uh, story. We've got it here on the screen for you. This is Jessica Kowalski. And Jessica is currently our minister to our college students, college ministry. And we're going to show this, take about five, six minutes. And I want you to hear her story. Every time I hear the story, I cry. And I'm sure I'll cry again. My makeup, it'll run a little bit. I have to wear makeup, brother. I'm sorry, Juan. I, I wasn't blessed with skin like you, brother, all right? You got that good skin, and I got this. I got this whiteness. And then when you go to the dermatologist and they start burning things off, can I get a witness here, Fred? Amen. I got, man, I went to the doctor the other day, Rachel Miller, God bless you, I love you, but you hurt me. You know, she just cutting things, singeing things, stinging. Everywhere I'm pointing, y'all, I got it. I mean, I got it good. I digress. Anyhow, so listen to the story, and then Jessica and I are going to have a little conversation. So be blessed. You're going to love this. My name is Jessica Kowalski. I'm 26 years old, and this is the story of how I came to know Jesus. Um, my dad was raised Catholic, and then my mom is a practicing Wiccan, um, which is witchcraft. I just knew even from a young age, even before I was a Christian, that I did not agree with her. I didn't believe in those things, but um, I don't know, I just something in me knew it wasn't true. What I had gathered over time was that Christianity was about being a good person, um, but the Christians that I knew in my school um, were not very nice people. When it came down to it, I just decided that I was an atheist. So I was really involved in all kinds of community service. I was a Girl Scout. I did like everything. And so I would make this argument to Christians that I can be a good person without God. I said, look at all these things that I've done. Look at all these people that I've helped, um, that I did genuinely want to help people, but I also knew that it made me look good. So one day, one of my friends came to me and said, hey, um, do you want to go to church with me tonight? It was a Wednesday night. And my first reaction was like, do you know who I am? Like, I don't go to church, like it's not my thing. Um, but I thought it would be funny to go and watch a bunch of Christians sing to the air. And so I went to church for the first time for the purpose of going to make fun of Christians. That's where everything started to change. So I ended up going to church. Being really involved in theater, I could appreciate the aesthetic. I could appreciate the professionalism that their production put forth. And so I looked at it from um, my you know, atheistic mindset and said, I think that your message um, is false and I would even say harmful, um, but you put on a good show. And so I ended up going back um, the second time. It was very different. At the end of the service, I ended up in the front of the room and I was on my knees and I was crying and I didn't know why I was crying. I felt a hand on my back and so I turned around and there was nobody there. And it's so hard to explain, but that was the first moment in my life when I felt truly, unconditionally loved. I didn't know how to pray. But I said, if I could feel like this one more moment in my entire life, I think it would be worth giving everything for. I lived around thousands of Christians and I never once heard the gospel. And so this lady came along and she began to explain it to me. 
And I was so surprised that it made sense. And she began to explain how Jesus stood in the gap, that he came and lived a perfect life so that he could be a perfect sacrifice. I thought church was just this social place that a bunch of hypocritical people who thought they were better than others went to go hang out. But I came to find that it was the one place where truth could be found, my brokenness could be made whole, and I knew that this is what I needed. Only about a year and a half after that, I was serving at a youth camp, and um, it was there that I felt this stirring and this calling to go into ministry. I went to a small Baptist school in Dallas um, and studied ministry, and right out of college went into work full-time at a church, um, which was very much contrary to my plan for my life or what I thought I was gonna do. This was not just something that was just another piece of my life or just a piece of my story. This was everything, and Jesus was everything. I was reading the Bible and I came across this verse in Acts 20, 24 that says, I do not consider my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish the course that is set before me to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And I was like, that, <laughs> like, I wanna do that, I wanna live like that. So even after I became a Christian, it wasn't that all my problems went away. But as I was a Christian, even though I was feeling some despair for this life, I no longer struggled without hope. Charles Spurgeon, said, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. And I love that quote because now no, no longer did I see my struggles as God's judgment or his um, hatred for the world. And now I can see the struggles and I know that God uses it to push me back to him. And so I've learned to be grateful for the struggles. As I look back, I can see that the Lord took a young, prideful, depressed atheist and encountered her and transformed her. I know that God is faithful. <laughs> and if he can do what he did with me, it's given me a lot of hope to know that he can do anything. Good job, Jessica. Yeah. Jessica. God bless you. I know you've got your, uh, your mask on. I'll stay over here. I'll go to the other side if you want me to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's got a big day coming up Friday. Jessica's getting married. Woohoo! Come on. Man. She met her man, Marcus, in Germany on a mission trip. Isn't that amazing? And now they're getting married on Friday. It's going to be a great day. And this is her last Sunday with us because uh, she's getting married to Marcus and they're moving to Germany, to Bonn, Germany, eventually. That's where they'll live. And so she served the Lord with us here for four years as our uh, minister to our college uh, students. And we, speaking very personally, are going to miss you a lot. Yeah. So uh, we, we have a little something we want to give you. We got a little gift here for you, a little note from me, just to help you out along your way. And um, again, uh, Jessica, we love you. We, we praise God for you. I love your story, and I, I hope you'll tell it often. Um, in Germany, where 
Uh, it's a huge, huge mission field there. And uh, we're working now to kind of connect her to some really, really cool people in Bonn, Germany, a, a great school there. And so, uh, Jessica, again, we, we love you. We're thanking God for you. And we just believe we haven't heard the last of Jessica. Um, but it's, it's going to be great what God's going to do for you. So we give this to you. We love you. God bless you. Amen. Good. All right. Amen. It's funny how God is sometimes, you know. God didn't ask me. He didn't give me a vote. He just took her, you know. He just took her and going to put her in Germany. But you know what? God's just smarter than we are. And God just knows more than we do. He has a plan. And if we trust him with his, his plan, it always works out better. His plan is so much better uh, than our plan. If any man or woman or person is in Christ, behold, they are a new creation. Mm. All the old is past. Behold, the new, all things have become new. I know that once you become a Christian, and again, I'm convinced that there are going to be some, if not many today, who are going to become followers of Christ. You're going to feel that hand of God placed upon your back, upon your heart, your soul, and you're going to surrender. You're just going to say, Lord, I'm in, I'm yours. Once you become a Christian, and and those of you who have been walking with the Lord for some time, you know, probably know what I'm about to say. Does all your problems go away? No. Do you still have to, you still have some struggles? Yes. You say, well, I thought everything was new. I didn't think I would have any more problems. I think I'd come to faith in Christ and boom, everything's great. Well, it's a thing called sanctification. It's where God leaves us here on earth and he sanctifies us. He prepares us for heaven. And in the process, he wants us to take as many people with us to heaven as we possibly can. But it all begins with um, a moment in time, a moment of birth where Jesus Christ uh, becomes our Savior and Lord. I want you to take this little piece of bread here, this little wafer, if you would. Uh, You can tear off the thin film of plastic at the very top of this. Um, There's coming a day, trust me, that we're going to be able to pass the elements again and, and be a little more intimate in fellowship, but for now... We want to take this piece of bread, and and what it does, it represents the body of Jesus broken for our sins. You see, in order for us to become new, and all things become new, old is past, there had to be a sacrifice. Somebody had to stand in the gap, and they did. The Bible calls him the God-man, Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, came from heaven to earth, bridged the gap, died on the cross so that he could connect sinful mankind to a holy God, and he himself, his body, his life is the bridge. So if you believe that, and I know most of you do, and if you receive that today, I invite you to take this little piece of bread, wafer, and go ahead and eat it with me today. Thank you, Jesus, when he said, this is my body, broken for you, poured out for you. So now we're going to take the little cup, we're going to open it up. All right, here we go. You got it? You close? Well, if I spill this on my red shirt, I guess it won't matter. It'll, it'll blend in there. Ugh. A little more like mer- Amen, I got it. Woohoo! This is my favorite part. I can't help but look upon this liquid substance and think about what it portrays, what it points to, what it signifies, what it represents, and that is the blood of Jesus. 
The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 7, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. How does he become a new creation? This blood, this blood poured out for you and for me on the cross, it washes us, it cleanses us from all iniquities, all the stain of sin, transgressions, wrongdoings, everything I thought that I should not have thought, everything that I have said that I should not have said, everything that I have done that I should not have done, it is washed, it is cleansed, it is plunged, there's a catharsis, there's a cleansing. How does that happen? Can I do that? Can I manufacture that? No, I receive it. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. For those of you that believe that and receive it, I invite you to partake of this cup with me at this time. Thank you, Jesus. Whenever I get something new or maybe slight variation of new, I, I, I want to share it with people. And I came across this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to share it with you today. And I hope that you will receive it, and you'll also take it and share it with other people. In fact, I asked for permission to use this. And my pastor friend who I asked, he actually laughed. You ever been laughed at on Twitter or laughed at on an email or a text? And I could tell he was laughing at me. And he was like, are you serious? Are you asking me, can you use this? This is James Merritt out in Georgia. He goes, absolutely use this so I am. All right. Let's pull it up here on the screen. It's called The Best News. Can y'all see that? I don't know if you can. Can we blow it up just a little bit more? We maybe, maybe we can't. But man, this is so good. And I want to I walk you through this. It's called The Best News. It's a gospel presentation with a little play on words. First it says there's bad news. Then the bad news goes from bad to worse. But then you interject good news. And the good news goes from good to great or the best news. And it starts like this. The bad news is we've all have sinned and we fall short of God's expectations or God's glory. Of course, that's Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Somebody would say, but not me. I am the royal exception. I have never sinned in my life. To which we would say, liar, liar, pants on fire, because all of us have sinned. Think about it. All of us have done something, said something, thought something that we should not have or something we should have done that we chose not to do, the sin of omission. And it says in Romans 6, 23, the wages or the result of our sin is death. We will die. Do you know that? We're born to die. Every person born dies. Um, the young may... <laughs> But us older folks, we have to. Is that not sobering? Everybody's going to die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man. You have to die, and then you face Almighty God. There are no atheists one second upon death. Can I say that again? There are no atheists. There are no deists. There are no agnostics one second upon death. You look, and you're in the You're in the presence of the King. And I submit to you the everlasting truth. His name is Jesus. You're going to look him in the face. And he's going to ask you, what did you do with me? What did you do with me? 
it's going to be very obvious. Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment, then there's the day of accounting. That is some sobering news, and it gets worse. <laughs> On our own, there's nothing we can do to remove our sin. We are flawed and stained. It says, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anybody can boast about it. None of us can earn our salvation. It's a free gift from God. Only God can redeem. Only God can remove the stain of sin. There's only one detergent strong enough to cleanse our soiled garments. And it's Jesus' blood. His, his blood. Man, I tried, I tried. So many have tried and tried to help God. Say, yeah, yeah, Lord, I know what you're saying, but it just sounds too good to be true. Surely I got to go to church. Surely I got to get baptized. Surely I got to give money. Surely, God, I'll even go into the ministry because, you see, I got to do something to help you, God, so that I make sure that I go to heaven. And y'all know where that got me? That got me to a depressed place of life. And finally, I just came January 3rd, 1984. I just said, "Woo, I can't do it. And I just give up and I give you my life. And that is my story. And it goes to good news is this. Jesus did for us what we could never do for ourselves. He died on a cross, shed his blood, and then he arose three days later. 1 John 1, 7 says, The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Um, that's so powerful. Maybe you can see it better on the main screen. Look up here in the middle screen here. 1 John 1, 7 the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, you know, that, that's, a, that's a bold statement. And there are billions of people around the planet who are Muslim and others who are, uh, are followers of the Hindu faith. And they would beg to differ. And they would say, but no, there are many ways to God. And Jesus, if you want to say it, he, he can just be one of many ways to God. And here's the deal. They are either right or they're wrong. And Jesus is either right or he's wrong. And I've decided I'm going to go with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you why. It has something to do with the resurrection. If he did rise, then he is who he says he is. If you show me the body, you can prove to me that he never rose and I'll become a Buddhist. I think I might make a good Buddhist. I'd shave my head, get me a red robe, and just be Buddhist, you know? But I can't do that because the tomb in Jerusalem is still unoccupied. I've been there. I've seen it with my own eyes. It is empty. Praise God. Now, this is good. the best news is eternal life and forgiveness of sin is a free gift, and everybody who receives it is born again unto eternal life. And here it is in Romans 6, 23. The free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And we have a response. We can reject it or we can receive it. And when you receive it, Romans 10, 9 becomes really, really important to you. Y'all see that verse? If anybody were to ever ask you, what is your pastor's favorite verse in all the Bible? You say, well, that's easy because he's been saying it for 10 and a half years. So it is Romans 10, 9. And if they press you and press you, you say, but why is that so important to him? You tell them, God saved him. God saved his life with that one verse. 
I'll never forget, I'm kneeling on the floor. I'm a ministerial student studying, preparing for ministry, trying to just get God to smile upon me, looking for a unconditional love and acceptance that I had not received from authority. And so I'm begging God, pleading with God, working for God. And God says, that's enough. I've done all the heavy lifting. You just got to receive it. And so I did. And I received the Lord and I'm baptized. Man, I made a much better preacher once I got saved. I'm telling you, I made a whole lot better preacher once I actually met, met Christ. I went to seminary and I was embarrassed about my testimony because it's kind of humbling, right? How confused must you be to become a Christian once you're a pastor? And I got to studying these amazing men in ministry who had the same story. Martin Luther and John Wesley and Charles Wesley, uh, George Whitfield, and all these heroes of the faith became Christians while they were trying to earn their salvation with God in the ministry. So here's a prayer. I hope y'all can see it down here. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me today. Some of you are like, well, if you say so, because I'm, I'm good, I've already received the Lord, I just still want you to. <laughs> I want everybody to pray it. Y'all okay with that? Say, no, I'm not going to pray anything. I'm okay. Well, don't be a frozen chosen of God, all right? Come on. I, I've prayed this prayer. I prayed this prayer all the time. I just love praying it. Am I saved over and over? No. It took the first time, but I still love to pray it. And I love to pray it with people who've never prayed it. And that's many of you. Many of you, especially online. Some of you here in the sanctuary, in the room. Now, don't pray it. Don't say it, obviously, if you don't mean it, right? It's funny, though. You Christians out there, oh, you'll be loud and proud. It's fun to watch you because it brings back so many memories Oh, I remember when I prayed this and I received the Lord. Some of you today, right here, right now, you're like, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't really know that I've genuinely done this. And we're going to invite you to do it now. You say, what, what's going to happen to me? Old things are going to be gone. New things are coming coming out of the womb and the tomb with the umbilical cord and the placenta and all that other stuff God's got in there, you burst out and you're a fresh, good smelling new babe in Christ. And it all starts with just a prayer of faith and belief and receiving Jesus. There may be many people born again today from Austin, Texas at Great Hills Baptist Church. Now, this prayer is serious. It talks about repentance, it talks about faith, it talks about surrender, and it's all encapsulated in these few words, okay? And I do want you to pray them with me and say them out loud with me. Can y'all see it okay? Can y'all read it from where you are? You really can't? Okay, how about this? I'll say it and you repeat after me. Say, oh, man, man, yeah. A little more like mercy. Okay, I got it. So I practice this, and I, and I would do it differently every time. So y'all just go along with me and uh, just pray it out loud. Just repeat after me. I'll say something like, uh, Lord, I am a sinner. I need to be forgiven. And there's going to be a dramatic pause. And that's your opportunity to say, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need to be forgiven. All right, let's all stand up. Come on, wake up. Stand up. Here we go. 
There are going to be lots of people born again into eternal life. This is not some magical wand, potion thing. No, this is talking about the blood of Jesus cleansing us from our sins, being born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I am a sinner and I need to be forgiven. I believe Jesus Christ, your son, died for my sins. And he is alive right now. Woohoo! You can say that too. Woohoo! Come on. Amen. Here we go. I turn away from my sin right now. And I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord. And I receive him into my life. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to control my life, to take my life. And I thank you for giving me eternal life. Come on now. How about that? Praise the Lord. A little more like mercy. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Let's pray together. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Some of you, for the very first time, prayed this prayer. And mm -mm, ma'am, you meant it. You meant it. And God heard it. And there is a joy. There's a peace. There's a forgiveness that you have never encountered before. Now with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, here's what I want you to do. Those of you that prayed this prayer for the very first time, let it be known. Let it be known. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. There, there are going to be some people in the back of the church. We call it the Great Hall. There's some wonderful men and women of God, of faith. They love the Lord. They love our church. They're going to start going back there right now, and they're just going to be waiting on you. And in just a moment, I'm going to invite those of you that prayed to receive Christ to head back to that great hall. You'll see it's right out here, right out these doors. And you just go tell someone, look, I prayed that prayer with Pastor Danny and, and I meant it. And for the very first time, I really believe God has saved my soul and I'm giving him control of my life and let, they'll take it from there. They'll help you, they'll congratulate you, they'll pray for you, encourage you. Now, those of you that are online, you're getting a little bit upset, and I feel your pain, all right? So I want to talk to you for just a minute. You're like, well, I can't crawl through the screen and go to 10,500 Jollyville Road, Austin, Texas. What am I supposed to do? Thank you for asking. Here's what I want you to do, all right? Now, you've got to be a little bold to do this, but I want you to type in that description box something to the effect of, I prayed that prayer, and I meant it. I gave my life to Christ today. You can say something like that. Or you can just type in the words. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Here it comes. <laughs> Romans 10.9. Just type it in. Just say Romans 10.9. And that'll be our cue, our clue that you prayed to receive Christ. You repented of your sins. You walked away from the old. You embraced the new. And we're going to do everything in our power to reach you, okay? We're going to reach out to you and encourage you and pray for you. 
I told you earlier, I, I really feel today's a day of salvation. And I'm so grateful to God for it. So I'm about to wrap up my prayer, and as I do, I'm going to invite those of you in the room. You're free to go. You're free to move on out these doors. Walk toward this great hall right here in the middle, and you'll see some of our church members just hanging out there. They're waiting on you. They'll pray with you, encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Look, don't put this off. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name you'd give courage and God you'd give the faith to step out and to take that first physical step and say yes I'm in it I'm I really prayed and I gave my life to Christ today and Jesus whether they are online or whether they're in the house you know who they are and that's so cool Lord you know everything and by your spirit, you've already come in and you're beginning to clean and wash them up. And God, they're a new baby. They smell good, Lord. They look good spiritually. They're yours. And we believe that today, God. And we're excited for that today, God, because you've promised that. John chapter 6, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast them out. Thank you, Lord, for receiving us into your family today. So again, God bless you. I'm praying for you. The thing I love the most about our church is this. Every person that steps out in faith to receive Christ, we will do everything in our power to help you grow. There's a big word for it. It's called discipleship. But can I just put it like this? We'll help you grow. We'll help you move out of infancy into childhood and adolescence. We'll help you come on into your young adult years and into being a parent yourself and I love love that about Great Hills Baptist Church so we offer this to you we're excited to help you grow in your walk with the Lord and Father thank you today that you're a God of salvation that you're a God who makes all things new God you change things you change us and you fit us for eternity and I thank you Lord Lord I'm praying now by the power of your spirit you would just solidify what has happened in this room and what has happened in many bedrooms and many living rooms and maybe in, in people's cars or perhaps they pulled over in their car and they're just sitting there and they're weeping, God, and they feel it for the very first time that the spirit of the living God has truly come. And all they did was believe and receive and say, Jesus, I turn from my sin. And I'm just giving it all to you. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.